Gather round. It's time to pick the draft order. So, this is how we're going to do it. I spent a lot of time, put a lot of effort into it, got very excited. So, that'll go over there. This Everyone is your... on the count of three, put your hand in, pull out a piece of paper. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, oh, wow. There it this is. This is really exciting. Number oh, four. Number six. Number one. Number one. <laughs> Tim Brady, mother Congratulations. <laughs> but that is not where you're going to be drafting. See the kids over there? The kid with your number is your kid. Where they finish in the race is where you draft. Huh, bitches? You, you didn't even pick your own child. That's good because she's not that fast. Welcome to DFT, Dynasty Football Talk Podcast with my guys, Paul Edgington and Derek Cook. Let's get it. Welcome in to this week's episode of Dynasty Football Talk. I'm your host, Paul Edgington, joined by my trusty co-host and sidekick, Derek Cook. Derek, how are you doing on this lovely Friday evening? I will not lie to you. I've had a hell of a day. I uh, had a short day at work, so we went out and uh, went to the bar, had some nice hot wings, some jalapeno poppers, and then, then the beer started flowing. I don't know if I'm drunk or getting hungover, but I I do have a headache, so not quite in the right state of mind, I guess. But I'm doing okay. It was a pretty solid week. How are you doing? Sounds like a typical blue-collar males Friday afternoon. Get off work early and go get drunk at the bar before you even get home. Hey, no no complaints for me. Anytime there's booze involved, I'm doing all right. Glad to be sitting here recording once again with you. We're going to knock out a nice rookie draft based on some actual landing spots and uh, draft capital. We got it from uh, it's, uh, Shane Hallams, his latest rookie mock from Draft Countdown. So we're going to go based on what his mock says and see how that goes instead of just you know, drafting blindly and taking yeah. whoever we like. So this will be a lot more fun. So that's what we're going to do and touch on a very hot, sizzling topic. 49ers quarterback conundrum. That's going to be fun to talk about. I got I am plenty of thoughts one. on that one. Yeah, I am too. And I th- we might be on opposite sides of the fence on that one, but we'll we'll get there. I like that we have, you know, we used a a mock draft for the landing spots for these guys. So I, I like that we're actually sticking guys on teams compared to just like you said, who we like and based on just talent because this is completely different than what we did the last time when we were just basing it off of guys we liked. Yeah, this is, in my opinion, the proper way to do a mock draft. Absolutely. Yep, puts you in the right state of mind, just like in a rookie draft, where they landed, how high they got drafted. So this is the way to go. It's just unfortunate. We've done a handful of mocks before on the show, but at that point there weren't many seven-round mocks out. Uh, draft Countdown's actually one of the small sample size of sites that actually has a seven round mock that I was able to find that was decent and good. Right. So just unfortunately we don't have the resources until later, later. on. So yeah. but now that we have them, we know where to go to get them. But we're going back to that well all the time now. Yeah, why not? But we'll go ahead and kick this thing off. I had the one oh one in this one and I took Bijan Robinson who laid it on the Philadelphia Eagles in the first round. So still felt like at that point, no-brainer pick, first-round draft capital, especially running beside Jalen Hurts. 
That could be fucking nasty if that were to really happen. Uh, personally, I think Dijon is safe anywhere he goes. Oh, absolutely. One on one, and it, the only way that I would be blown out of the water to not take Dijon is if something crazy were one of these quarterback lands. So, uh, Bajon at one on one, it's a no brainer. Absolutely, I agree with you there. No matter where he goes, it's going to be hard to change my mind on that one on one. And let, I would say probably the only one that I wouldn't like is maybe the Texans. Yeah, but I don't I'd see still them. probably no. They're not going to yeah. At least so far from the mocks I've seen and reading from executives and scouts and whatnot, they're all pretty good landing spots. Eagles, see the Cowboys thrown out there, Raiders, Dolphins. Yeah. So they're all pretty good all, landing spots. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, we'll go ahead and kick it to you for your first pick of the draft. All right. I just want to add on that we are uh, obviously we're going back and forth, but when you switch over on the rounds, we're doing back to back picks. So it's snake. Not li- yeah. not linear. Um, the second overall pick, I took C.J. Stroud, and I did because they have him going to the Colts. I, I think it's a a pretty good landing spot, in my opinion. Yeah, it almost doesn't get better than that. Probably the best um, production-ready season for his rookie year, going to the Colts. The only one that I would say would be better for him to land on is the Lions, but then you're waiting a year. Yeah. So he wouldn't if he if he went to the Lions he wouldn't be here. Yeah, Colts slotting in, he'll he'll, he'll be start the guy. immediately. Right. But I took my boy, my new man crush, old Anthony Richardson with the third pick. He went to the Saints in the second round. I don't remember the exact pick number, but it was around fifty. So he got top fifty, top fifty five draft capital. Which, as I've said in the last few episodes, if he gets that. It's a smash for me in this range. So, took my guy Average going to the Saints. Especially with the weapons that he could have there. Yeah, Olave. I've also seen in a few mocks of them drafting a running back on day two. So, if they had a running back and add Richardson to go with Olave, I've seen them getting tight ends in most mocks. Their offensive line is still pretty sturdy. So, he'd be going into a pretty damn good situation. Yeah, I think that's a. Uh about the best situation he could go in, actually. And that's, like you said, good draft capital. That's a big part of it, too. Um, so back to me. At 104, I took Bryce Young. They're kind of obvious. I mean, I get that he's going to the Texans, but, again, he's going to start year one, and I would assume he's going to produce, you know, I would say at minimum top 15, top 16 year one. Yeah, it's very possible, especially if they grab a the the wide, the wide receiver. receivers they have. Yeah, I would, I would say so. And of course, Brandon Cooks uh, requested the trade, so I'm sure he won't be there. But then you're looking at Nico Collins, and pretty much every mock I've seen, they get Bryce, and then they get Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston. They're adding a weapon, right? So not the worst. They yeah. got Damian Pierce. Coming back, presumably they're not going to spend high capital on the running back. So for fantasy-wise, it's not terrible. Could be worse. But that'll shift it to me at 105. Felt a little dirty about this one. Took Will Levis going to the Panthers. So I felt a little dirty about it. But quarterback, super flex, that insulated value. Felt like he was the right pick. I'll go ahead and spoil your next pick, so I apologize. 
I'd like Jameer Gibbs. I would have loved to pick him, but in this mock, he went to the Marcos. Right. I'd rather have the top ten drafted quarterback with the insulated value over Jameer Gibbs splitting time with Javante Williams. Right. So, of course, you took Jameer at 106. I, if I were you, I'd feel good about that pick. To me, he's my running back two. He's the top three player in this class, regardless of position, in my opinion. But just that landing spot. Yeah, that's just, what that's what killed me too. I mean, before we were contemplating at one oh two to take him. So sometimes landing spots don't matter. This one it does. Like you oh, said. Yeah. Splitting time with Javante Williams, that offense looked completely inept this year. Uh, I mean Russ I get he, he started to look better towards the tail end of the year, but uh I hope Jameer does not go to the Broncos. Unless they get Sean Payton. But Yes, that changes everything. Well, not but, because this one had him going in the second round to the Broncos. Because I'm not sure if you know, or many people know, but the Saints still have the rights to Sean Payton. So if he gets hired elsewhere, they have to trade for him. Right. A la what the Sixers did with Doc Rivers a couple years ago. We gave him the Clippers a first-round pick for Doc. So if any team wants to hire him, they have to trade for him. And the Saints, Sean Payton said himself, the Saints would be asking a mid to late first round pick. So whoever could, could they hypothetically just trade money? I don't know. You, you know what I mean? Like I don't think the NFL does like but, the MLB like for cash considerations. Right. I don't think okay. they do that. Okay. I, I don't know either. I I just I know that other sports like you said MLB, you know, hey, we're gonna take, we want to trade for your guy, and we're gonna give you. A prospect, we're gonna give you ten million dollars. Right. I don't think the NFL and does. MLB also doesn't. They have like a soft cap too, don't they? Yeah. The yeah. Cap so MLB is. It's, it's not really. It's not, not really a cap. It's more non-existent than the NFL. Yeah. Thanks, cap. Thanks, uh, Yankees and Dodgers. Yeah. Fucking assholes. But that's. If Sean Payton went there, I, I'd take him a little bit higher. Yeah. Given his track record with running backs, and he's shown he can use two at the same time, as well as someone like Jameer Gibbs' skill set. Alvin, Alvin Kamara has a similar skill set. So if Sean Payton was there today, I would have most definitely taken Jameer at 105. Uh, absolutely. I probably would have taken him at 104. There um, you go. But we're not here to say who's going to get hired. Yeah, it's, this just, is just... Looking at it right now. Landing spot. But then uh, still with me at 107. I took Jordan Addison, who landed on the Texans in the first round. You paired him with Bryce Young. Pretty good situation for a young wide receiver. They can come in together, build that rapport, have a nice connection starting right off the blocks. So pretty good at 107. At least in this situation, he would be my wide receiver one. Uh, yes, and I, I agree with you on and and this where they land. He's uh, my wide receiver one as well. I think there's reason for Quentin Johnston to be there, depending on landing spot. But I like the Jordan Addison pick here, and like you said, pairing him with Bryce Young, and he's going to get paired with somebody else later down in the draft. Um, you know, just hopefully in real life they draft some offensive linemen to keep Bryce Young in the pocket and sturdy a little bit. That would be nice. I'm sure it's not their top priority since they're not going to contend this year. Right. Probably not next year. So I'm sure they'll address it with you know, second, third, fourth round picks and try to, uh, what's the word, 
I can develop develop yeah. some linemen internally by taking some middle round shots. So we'll see what happens there. But that'll bring us to 108, your next pick. Speaking of someone you just mentioned. Quentin Johnston. Again, it kind of went back to the wide receiver well, back to back here. Like I said, I mean, you could say wide receiver 1B, Jordan Addison. He went to the Giants in, in this dra- or in this mock, which I, I love. He immediately goes in there and is the wide receiver 1. Uh, Daniel Jones had a decent year. I think, he is he coming back? They'll have to be resigned, but I, I mean, I'd bet 100% he will be back. Why wouldn't they? Right. Um, so, I just I think this makes sense. Goes with team, be a wide receiver one immediately, and play a year with the bridge quarterback. And I think they the Giants draft the quarterback according to this too. So that they do, they draft your boy, not my guy at all, Max Dugan, in the third round, I believe. Yeah. So, decent draft capital for a quarterback, not the best. But when you think Jones is going to be there for at least a season, maybe two or three, you allow Duggan to develop. And then, obviously, they were college teammates, so some camaraderie and chemistry already there. I think it makes sense. If you're looking at Duggan and Daniel Jones, similar players, similar skill set. So, he could come in and be developed for a year or so under Jones and Dayball. And be the guy year three. And being a third round pick, his uh, you know the the money hit on him is nowhere near as much as what a Daniel Jones was through this point. Right. <clears throat> and at one oh nine, I went ahead and took Jackson Smith and Jigba. I feel like he should be a little bit higher, but he did land on the Patriots with Mac Jones. I don't love it. Not a big fan of whatever wide receiver goes there, unfortunately, with the way Mac looked last season. But still going in the first round, wide receiver. I'm starting to change my tune on JSN a little bit, thanks to our boy Ray Garvin, Ray GQ. Uh, just looking back more at his uh, sophomore tape. So he's a stud. He had no tape last year, really. So he's not the fastest guy. He's not going to be a burner. But, man, does he know how to run fucking routes and get separation. He's got hands. He's going to be a damn good NFL player. And fancy player like Olave. He's not on Olave's speed level. He's not a 4-3 guy at all. No, he'll be a but bad 4-4s guy probably. If he's lucky. <laughs> but just looking back on tape, I'm starting to like him a little bit more than what I have been recently. Just unfortunately for this exercise, he landed in a pretty shitty spot. He would be the number one easily. But... He's not an alpha at this point, I'd say. He's going to be a slot guy, so it doesn't really help him much being on the Patriots with the dog shit receivers they have outside of him. So you can bet your ass he'll be seeing that safety help coming over the middle, getting passed off from the linebacker to a safety, whatnot. But still, first-round capital, he's going to put up decent numbers because he should be the main target, I would hope. Uh, I I would say he's going to go in there and immediately be the the number one guy there. Um, who would be? I'm trying to think who who would be wide receiver two there. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers. Yeah, but they're not no big name guys. They drafted Tyquan Thornton last year, right? But he yeah he was hurt a little bit at the beginning, and and I still like Tyquan Thornton. But yeah, he'll he'll go in, and I think he'll immediately be the wide receiver one. And kind of piggybacking off of what you said, um, I know there's been some 
controversy between Mac Jones and the coaching staff on offense. So maybe if they figure that shit out, this would make more. This would be a he would be higher if he went to the Patriots, but with their track record, I I have to agree with you that him going to the Patriots, you know, he's the third wide receiver off the board, and that's the reason. Otherwise, he'd yeah he'd be the wide receiver one off the board in this class. Yeah, and you got to think too. Myself, I'm just now thinking about it, but Jacoby Myers, I believe he ran in the slot at least half the time, if not majority of the time. So, pulls up the question: What do they do with Myers? Do they just move JSN right on the inside? Do they let him split time and you know work them both on the outside? Or I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see JSM being an outside guy because. Just his build and his speed, it doesn't make sense to be an outside guy. I get he's a great route runner and all that, but he, he's a slot guy, man. If you look at it on a player profiler, uh, Jacoby Myers' slot snaps were 52% last year. So he was their main slot guy. But he is 6'2", over 200 pounds, so he would fit better on the outside as opposed to Jason. So hopefully that's where it happens and he can be successful playing an outside receiver to help out JSN on the inside. I think that would make the most sense. What? Going on to, to 110, had to take the first tight end, Michael Mayer. There you and go. Going to Tennessee. I know that there's a lot of uh, slander out there for Michael Mayer because he's slow, but I'm going to keep beating this dead horse. He can fucking play. And I do, I do like the Tennessee landing spot. Um, I think he's going to be a. I mean, he'll he'll come in and produce year one, be a top top ten, top twelve tight end. I think. Yeah, I think he will. I, I'm in agreement with you, of course. And Tennessee spots a pretty great spot. We'll see how who's throwing the ball to yeah, him. That QB situation is the only question mark. But if you bring in a, a rookie quarterback or bring in a young quarterback, they they like them safety blankets of tight ends and running backs. They do, and the Titans offense used to be a tight end friendly offense. They just have not had one this past season, but that does suck for one of my favorite players from the last track class, uh, Chiggy. Yeah. A Cockrow, or I know I'm butchering uh, the hell out yeah, last day, but I had high hopes for him for next year. He's very athletic. He could probably move the receiver and still be pretty damn good, which they need more receivers but Michael Mayer would be a great pick in that offense he'd see plenty of targets alongside Traylon Burks and then another guy down this list yep that that is true and then at 111 I took Jalen Hyatt the deep field threat going to the Jaguars I love this pick I'd love to see him down there get the ball from T-Law and then of course play beside Christian Kirk Zay Jones hopefully Calvin Ridley Gets the suspension lifted and comes back, and then I hope they recite Evan Ingram. The guy deserves oh, yeah, to they need get to. paid. Yeah. So slot him in there for the deep threat with all those weapons plus Travis Etienne. Ooh, that's, that's money. That's a, that's a good offense. That's a really good offense. He's I, he's not gonna probably won't get you consistent. You know, six seven catches, eighty yards a week, but he's definitely gonna give you those boom weeks. Absolutely. And then at one twelve. I took Zay Flowers. Um, I just think him opposite of Justin Jefferson. I just, I love it, man. 
I love it. I think yeah. Really, the only question mark on that Minnesota offense maybe Kirk Cousins, but really he's going to be running back. Yeah, I thought this was a rather interesting pick. Myself, I was looking at wide receiver. I would have took at least two other players above Zade Flowers, but I just haven't dove into his tape whole whole hell of a lot. But his name does seem to be heating up in the community. I've seen some comparisons. I can't remember. If it's right or not, I think I saw something about Antonio Brown, that type of player. Again, I haven't watched too much tape on him, so we'll see. But Vikings is a good landing spot, especially with I saw Thielen's wife made an Instagram post or whatever about probably his last game in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So he's probably retiring right. in his elderly age. Because what's he, like 33 or something now? He's getting up there. Yeah. So they... K.J. Osborne will still be there, and of course, Hawk. But that wide receiver two spot would be wide open for someone like Zay Flowers. Flowers can come in and plug plug in right away, plug and play. Yep. And then I, 201, I took Devon A-Chain, round two draft capital, to the Raiders. I stand stand corrected. Yeah, you're thinking of our Debbie draft. Yep. I was... I, I agreed with you at the beginning, and I saw my name. I was like, hmm, oops. Didn't so since that. it is a rookie draft, we did go linear. Yeah, okay. But besides point, a chain to the Raiders in the second round with most likely no Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he's, he's gone. There's no way. And Zamir White's left over. a chain could be a hell of a playmaker, especially in that offense with Adams, Renfro, uh, Waller and just depends on who the QB is going to be. Jared Stidham looked pretty good. You never know, which doesn't shock me too much because he was in New England with Josh McDaniels previously. Right. So they have worked together. They're familiar. So it's not as big of a shock to me as most people. Yes, of course, him being former fourth round pick or whatever, never really playing and looking that good, but familiar with the system and the coach. Familiar with system and coach, and then having the weapons that are that are there currently, it, it it makes sense. So he could be the starter. Derek Carr, I've seen he's done. Whether he gets traded or he gets cut, no matter what, he's gone. And I don't I don't really see them spending high draft capital on a quarterback. So I think they'll probably roll with Stenham. But either way, A chain will walk into lots of carries that are vacated targets and such. So he could be. And a pretty, probably the best landing spot for him. Yeah, because if I believe, if my memory serves correctly, Josh Jacobs was the leading rusher this year, yardage-wise. Um, so it's a, a great hole to be filling. But moving on to 202, this is one of the guys you said earlier that, you know, probably two picks early when I picked Zay Flowers could have been flip-flopped. Going to Tennessee is the reason why it didn't. Since the quarterback position is kind of an unknown in Tennessee, but Keyshawn Boutte, uh, again, he's one of the. I feel like this this wide receiver class is extremely disgusting. He could be, depending on landing spot, he could also be the the wide receiver one coming off of this board. Yeah, outside of Addison, Johnston, JSN, it's really whoever gets the best landing spot. I'd say. Right. I mean. Here, I took Jalen Hyatt right after those three. Probably the best landing spot. So I think that's how it's going to be. Absolutely. Which is unfortunate for this class. It's 
not, not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. We'll talk about the 23 class and the shine of it and all that nonsense on another episode. But I like the Boutte pick. I like the landing spot, him and Traylon. You know how I feel about Traylon. Ooh, that could be a nasty combo, especially with Michael Mayer, King Henry. Say, for whatever reason, Malik Willis is a starter. Oh, that offense could be humming, high-flying. Could be, as long as Malik Willis can stay on Vrabel's good side. Yeah, that doghouse might just be permanent. It could be. I'd like to see Malik Willis get the chance because he's a hell of a quarterback and a hell of an athlete, and I feel like he fits the mold of what NFL QBs are, are becoming. But Vrabel's an old head. Yeah, unfortunately. That'll go. Takes us two or three. I took uh, Roshan Johnson or Rashockton. I forget how to pronounce his first name, but Johnson, running back from Texas, went to the Chiefs in the second round. Uh, Clyde Edwards Delaire is pretty much done in Kansas City. Uh, Jarek McKinnon's a pending free agent. I don't think they're really going to throw the money at him that he probably deserves. And then you pick Johnson in the second round to pair with Isaiah Pacheco. Lots of opportunity there. Yeah, with second-round draft capital invested in him, I think this is a great pick for Kansas City. Give me anybody who's going to be a part of that Kansas City offense. It's hard to ignore second-round draft capital. Especially for a running back. And with McKinnon probably moving out and Clyde moving out. Yeah. And with Pacheco, as good as he is, as good as he looked, only being a six-round pick. They don't have. There's not money or draft capital tied up with with Pacheco, so they're just to him. That's house money. If he exactly. does, if he does better than what they expect, then that's you know it's free money. That um, I agree with you. That Kansas City running back, it, it makes sense, and that's a, a lot of targets and and rushes that are being vacated with the departure of Jarek and Ceh. So I, I do like this pick as well. And we'll kick it to you at two hundred four with one of my favorite picks. Of the entire draft, actually. Rasheed Rice at 204 and to my Dallas Cowboys. I love Rasheed Rice, man. At, at six foot two, it just it makes sense. And then going and being paired opposite of CeeDee Lamb, oh, I just I love it, man. And he is a, uh, a three-level receiver. Right. He, he's a do-it-all type of guy. So, so I absolutely love him and... Like you said, the lane spot of the Cowboys, it makes them even juicier to me. Right. Not not saying that Dak is anything spectacular, but we we all know how Callan Moore is. So Yeah. They like to pass the fucking ball. And Zeke getting up in age and Tony Pollard only a year behind him. This I think they're just gonna pass the fuck out of the ball. Yeah, might as well. You're paying paying Dak, you're gonna have to pay you paid Gallup. Paid Gallup. Uh, Schultz paid, paid is going to have to be paid. Schultz going to have to be paid. Zeke's, Zeke's coming up. Yeah. Zeke's so, probably gone. Zeke can't go nowhere. There's too much money tied up there. Pollard's going to be gone. Mm, I think that the cap hit isn't much if they let go of Dak, or not Dak, Zeke after this year. Be surprised. But Pollard's going to demand a decent-sized contract. I know. Absolutely he will. I don't think good old Jerry's going to want to throw that money at him with the weapons they do have in the passing game, they might as well just plug and play whoever else they can get back there for cheap. But 205, back to me. Took one of my favorites of the draft class, Zach Evans, to the Texans. And I believe it was the third round. Yeah, it was. So not the greatest landing spot with Damian Pierce being there, but 
who else do they have besides Pierce? Nobody. Nobody. Right. So it could be a two-headed backfield there with Bryce Young. Zach Evans isn't the best white or receiving back, but he can't catch the ball. So decent landing spot, not the best, not the worst, but I don't mind it. I personally don't like the Texans' landing spot, but it could be worse. And not much more to say. Uh, at 206, I picked Cedric Tillman to the Panthers. And I I like this landing spot because earlier, what was it, Will Levis? Yep. I, I just, it makes sense. So, and uh, play with DJ, there DJ Moore. Yeah, I was about to say DJ Moore's there. So, Terrence Marshall started to finally pick it up. So, he's not going to be the, the alpha, the number one. He's going to have some playmakers around him. Right, which might take some pressure off of him, and you might get some more consistency than boom games. You know, not saying you should start a rookie wide receiver all the time, but you know, you might be able to go out there and get you eight to ten points a week. Yeah, and he's a he's a big guy, so he'll probably be the red zone target for them. Right, uh, one of my favorite favorite picks of this one as well. I could have seen him going a handful of spots higher, but got him at a good value at two hundred six here. Absolutely. That'll bring me to 207 and to Kendra Miller going to the Falcons. Uh, about the same, have the same feeling as I do with Zach Evans to the Texans. Yeah, Tyler Algier. Had probably the quietest 1,000 yard rookie rushing yard season yeah. forever since the beginning of the NFL. So it, that's got to count for something. I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, Cordero Patterson, I think he's back again. It's a very run-heavy offense, so I can see Miller still getting some opportunities. Especially but I don't if, think it's a smash situation yeah. locking in. Yeah, I agree with you completely. The Going to the Falcons, to me, makes absolutely no sense. Like you said, Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier being there and then Desmond Ritter also being a, a capable running quarterback. I, but it, it's... I don't, I don't hate it, but it could be... It could There's be always the possibility that Lamar Jackson goes to the Falcons one way or another. Right, and that could completely change the value of, of Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, but next pick, 208, uh, got Darnell Washington tied in going to the Detroit Lions. I, I hear that there's some swirling around out there that there's some NFL teams that think he could be a good tackle. To me, that makes no fucking sense at all. I think he's too athletic and too good with the ball in his hands to make that position change. I love going to the Lions. They're replacing him, you know, TJ Hawk with Darnell Washington. I, I love it. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I also agree with the NFL guys that are saying that. He could put on, He's. I think he hangs around like 260, 270 range. He's like 6'7", right? Yeah, so he's a big fella. He could fill out that frame and become a tackle. But he's just too fucking athletic, too good with the ball in his hands, has too good of hands to just be shifted to a tackle and to learn a whole new position. I'm, the Lions landing spot is great. Like you said, TJ Hawk gone, Amon Ra, James Williams, him out there, Swift. That'd be a pretty damn good one. And tight end premium, getting him at 208, that's just I guess that's that's money. As long as he stays a tight end. Yeah, that's going to be a worry of people now that's some rumors floating around. I know I was in a mock earlier for another community I'm a part of, and I got him in the middle of the fourth round because I assume because of the rumblings. 
I saw a couple other tight ends go before him that I didn't wouldn't. don't don't have above him. No. So yeah. I think that was solely this news is coming out now, so he's dropping already. Yeah. I'm I'm not saying that he couldn't play tackle. He absolutely fucking could, but I feel like it'd be a waste of his skill set if he did. Yep, I'm with you there. That'll bring us to two oh nine. I took Josh Downs going to the Seahawks in round two. Someone's got to replace Tyler Lockett eventually. They do similar size, similar skill set. So pretty good, pretty good pairing. And then of course with Geno still being there, not a bad landing spot. This obviously wouldn't be to play for year one. Probably looking at year two, yeah, three. Yeah, this is a this is a long game pick for sure. I like the landing spot if Seattle can obviously Gino, like you said, he's gonna be a bridge guy. So whenever you get that quarterback in the future, I think this is a good pick. Mm-hmm. Uh moving on to two ten, I pick Kenny McIntosh going to the Panthers. He goes to me, he goes into a wide open backfield. But Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, Foreman's a free agent. I don't yeah. see them bringing him back. I don't think so either. I mean I and he, I think he's he's a little up there in age two, isn't he? He's probably 27, 28. He's, he's a little up there, yeah. yeah. I mean, unless they can get him back on, you know, a, a cheaper deal, I, I I would just I like the landing spot and playing alongside Will Will Levis, yeah, Levis, Cedric Tillman, Tillman, DJ Moore. I, did, I I really like this. And I believe McIntosh won the third round of this mock as well. So really good draft capital. Decent draft capital, right? And then. 211. I took Dalton Kincaid, my now tight end two, right behind Michael Mayer. He went to the Commanders in the third round. They they need a tight end. They need everything on offense. They need pass catchers outside of McLaurin. John Dotson looked competent last year at times. So he'll walk into a tight end role with a, a team that likes to use tight ends as well. He's a great receiving tight end. It's a pretty damn good fit. Decent draft capital. Tight end premium. Late second. Perfect time to take a dart throw on a future tight end. Tight end and tight end premium, absolutely. And piggybacking off of what you said, uh, Jahan Dotson started off the year about as hot as Christian Watson ended the year. So he, he looked he looked really good the first five, six weeks of the season. I, I think this is a good pick. Great value here. I think I've got him as my tight end three. So 212. Uh I picked Luke Musgrave, tight end, going to the Green Bay Packers. And I uh, personally like this pick because of the landing spot. Hopefully Aaron Rodgers comes back. Um, if he does not, this will change. But somebody's got to catch the damn ball for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they. I believe according to this mock, the only other pass catcher they took was Rakeem Jared in the fourth. Right. So Musgrave's draft capital does trump that. And... Bob Tunyon, I think he's gone, if I'm not mistaken. Or yeah, he's, he should is be. gone. Yeah. But that will bring us to the start of the third and final round of this mock draft. I took Zach Charbonnet at 301, one of my favorite running backs in this class, a former Michigan man, going to the Vikings in the third round. Uh, makes sense. Madison, depending free agent, by the time the draft comes around, he could be gone. Dalvin Cook's another year older. So he could be walking into a pretty good situation if Cook goes down, Madison leaves, year two. Could be pretty damn good for him. Yeah, I could see uh, Alexander Madison leaving and then Dalvin Cook falling off, so I like this pick. 
302, I picked our boy Hendon Hooker going to Seattle. I think it makes sense, man. Coming off injury, Geno Smith back for a year. Let him, to, let him heal. And, and personally, I love Hendon Hooker's skill set. To me, this is, this is a home run. Yeah, I love the pick. You sniped me. That's what I wanted at 303. He only did get fourth-round draft capital in this mock, but for a situation age, it's pretty good, I'd say. Yeah, and considering he's coming off of an injury, yeah, it's not bad at all. And going to a team that's got a quarterback for one to two years, great spot for him. 303, I had to settle for Rakeem Jarrett, fourth round to the Packers. Of course, Alan Lazard's probably gone. They're going to have a vacant tight end position. Could be filling with a rookie. You're looking at Watson, Romeo Dobbs. Keem Jarrett's going to test very, very well. Size and speed score. It's going to be off the charts. Yeah. Very athletic. So he could be in a decent spot. Yeah, I don't think he overtakes Watson, but he could he could take over Dobbs pretty easily, in my opinion. Um, 304. Took a Sean Tucker running back to the Giants in this draft. Um, to me, it's a little bit of insurance. Saquon was healthy all year last year and, and looked great. Looked looked like back to rookie form Saquon, but you never fucking know. And I, I do like Sean Tucker, and I think he's also another guy that's going to test really well. Yeah, I'm with you there. Nice insurance pick. If anything happens to Saquon, or he is a pending free agent, if they can't come to an agreement on the contract, you never know if he's franchised and gone one two years. Could be Not bad. Walking into a wide open room. I did take another giant draft pick. Max Duggan, third round. We touched on it earlier. Similar skill set and build to Daniel Jones. Set a year or two beyond Jones. Learn from him and Dayball. Could be looking at a future fantasy stud. Right. And a lot cheaper than what Daniel Jones has been. Exactly. Uh, 306, I took uh, Marvin Mims. He uh, was projected to go to the Chicago Bears. I like this. They're giving Justin Fields some help. Obviously, Marvin Mims isn't one of the upper echelon guys in this class, but I, I, I do like him going to the Bears. I think the Bears are going to use a lot of draft capital to to uh, build around Justin Fields' offensive line wise, and they just they need a lot of help. And I just I like Marvin Mims going there. Oh yeah, uh, three or seven. I felt like kind of get nasty from here on out. Yeah, uh, three or seven. I took Tank Bigsby. He went in the third round to the Chargers. Absolute shit landing spot. Still have Eckler. They drafted CJ. Or sorry, Isaiah Spiller last year. Uh, they got another. Like, Just Josh Jackson. Is Joshua Kelly still there? I think so. Yeah, it's fucking right now. It's fucking loaded. But the running back room is crowded. But Eckler keeps. I mean, he's been healthy the last two years, but it seems like it doesn't take much. So shitty spot, but I love take Bigsby, the player. So maybe he could. Overtake Spiller, be the number two, because Spiller didn't do much. So, you never know. It's kind of a, a similar reason I took Chase Brown here at 308. I got him projected going to the Dolphins. I, they, is it Mostert? Is he under contract? or? I don't think so. I think it was a one-year so deal. He could be walking into a wide-open room and possibly take it over a rookie year. Yeah. Uh, my opinion, could have a very a Tyler Algier or Damian Pierce type of year, year one. Yeah, he could have a nice opportunity, depending on what the Jeff Wilson. I think he's a free agent, too. If not, he's back for one more year, if that. Right. So, could be lots of opportunity for the young man. Then 309, I took Dwayne McBride, going to the Ravens in the fourth round. 
Gus Edwards. They like him, but I'm a big, big fan of McBride. Very talented with the UAB. So if they ship off Gus Edwards, I think Kenyon Drake's gone. And you look at J.K. Dobbins. Unfortunately, his career has been rocky. He's probably one more knee injury, one more knee injury from laying himself in the free agent pool. Absolutely. So I think late here, or at 309, this is a good insurance pick. Could be some opportunity for him via injury. Other players get cut. So don't mind taking the shot on him this late. I hear you on that. So at 310, uh, I took Parsher Washington, and they have him going to the Arizona Cardinals. To me, this makes pretty good sense, although uh, Kyler's going to be out for an extended amount of time. You know, to talk about trading D-Hop, he, can go, he could go in there and, and be the guy. Yeah, the, I mean, what you got Hollywood Brown too, but yeah, Hollywood Rondell, Zach Ertz, I think. Yeah, but Ertz is getting up there in age, and Rondell's mm-hmm. a, more of a slot guy. And Parker Washington, again, like we said earlier, he's a more of a three-level receiver, so he can kind of do it all. Three eleven, my last pick. Took a dart throw on Dorian Thompson Robinson. Went to the Jets, albeit the fifth round. I think Zach Wilson is done in New York. Joe Flacco should be done. So you're looking at Mike White. Not very excited. DTR, very exciting college player. Very mobile. Gets you a lot on the ground. Again, that same mold of what seems to be the up-and-coming style of quarterback in the NFL. And he's Obviously, he needs some developing. But, right. but he's got plenty of weapons there. Yeah, and then I've seen the Jets could be targeting a top-tier vet, you know, Tom Brady, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo for a year or so. So it could be a good developmental spot for him. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And then uh, last pick of our three-round uh, rookie mock, I took Deuce Vaughn, having projected going to the Chicago Bears. It's another guy going to the Bears. I, I know the, that offensive line sucks and, and all that shit, but uh, is, I think Monty's gone. And then uh, He's a free agent. Oh, sorry, that's a free agent, and then uh, fuck, who's his backup? I can't remember. Khalil Herbert. Yes, I think he's got one year left. No, is he a free agent too? He's not. He got this two. is only his second year. I don't know who the fuck I'm thinking of. So I think he's got. I think his rookie deal is four years. Four years. Okay. But he did get hurt in season season ending injury in the latter part of the season. So who knows if he'll be ready for the off season or the start of the year. So Deuce Vaughn's an electric player and could help Fields out a lot, being that check down guy, safety valve. So it could be a nice fit for him, the, a la Darren Sproles. Right. Same college, same size. C.J. Spiller type guy, just electric like you said. So that'll bring us to the end of our mock. It's a really fun exercise to do once again. First time doing with landing spots draft capital, so... Made a world of difference and felt a lot better about making some of these picks than talking about the what ifs like Anthony Richardson. Yeah, the possibilities of different stuff. So we'll go ahead and move on to our last topic of the show the 49ers QB conundrum. A lot of people are loving this Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant story. He's looked pretty good, but I'm a Trey Lance truther. I love the guy. They sunk all that draft capital into him, the future picks. He didn't look terrible when he was on the field. I could see if he looked terrible before getting hurt, but he didn't look half bad. 
Brock Purdy hasn't looked like he's a world beater by any means, but he's looked good in this offense, and he can do what they're asking of him, obviously, marching towards an NFC, possible NFC title game berth. So, I don't, I'm torn on if I think Purdy's going to be the guy, or if it's going to be Lance. They'll probably have a camp battle, I'd say, unless Trey Lance gets traded. I'm sure another team would give up pretty good draft capital to get him at this point, especially with him coming in next season fully healthy. Uh, Tennessee Titans, maybe. Baltimore Ravens. I think you're looking through some haze-covered glasses, my friend. I don't think so. I hear. I wipe them off. Nope, still see Tennessee in the future. No, I'm talking about Trey Lance being good. Oh, he is good. Just haven't seen it yet. Which is unfortunate for him. I said I could... I could dig it if we've seen him for the last year or two and he just hasn't looked good. He just he still hasn't been given the opportunity. When he you know, he played in the monsoon last year, so throw that out the window. He didn't look terrible in the game he got hurt. So he just he hasn't got off the blocks yet. I mean it, it's it's hard to discredit the draft capital. That that, that doesn't mean a a lot, but we're talking about going into year three. You got Mister Irrelevant here, who's pretty much lit it up every start he's he's had. He played the Seahawks, sixty percent completion percentage, passer rating one thirty one and a half, three thirty yards, and three touchdowns, and no picks. Just the Seahawks. Well, that's the same team Trey Lance got hurt against, and he only had thirty yards, and his passer rating was ninety nine point three before he got hurt. Hey. Granted, I think he was two of three passing because it happened pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I my my faith in Trey Lance is going down, especially with the way Brock Purdy's playing. I, I don't think it's a. There, I don't think there's any question that I, I don't think Trey Lance is on the Niners next year. Probably not. I, think I guess it depends who gets their way. If it's Does Shanahan it, or Lynch. I think the – right. Well, it's hard to complain with the way Brock Purdy's playing. If Brock Purdy takes him to the Super Bowl, bye-bye, Trey. Maybe. It's possible. If I was them, I'd probably trade him. I'm sure you could get a second, third-round pick yeah, for You're him, definitely which, not going to get back what you have in him. No. But he's probably still get a second or third from the right team, which in the NFL is pretty damn good capital. Right. They said the Titans with their – QB situation. The Ravens, if they want to go a little cheaper route and move on from Lamar. Uh, there's fucking Lions. They have plenty of draft capital the next year or two. Take on Trey Lance and let him sit behind golf for a year. Yeah, you're daydreaming with that one. Nope, it's just possibilities. You're daydreaming with that one. Nope. Uh, Saints. There's plenty of possible suitors that need a young QB. Just a matter of Atlanta. Yeah, that's a really good one. Don't get me too excited. The Jets. I thought that's where you were going when you said the Lions. He's gonna say he's gonna say the, the Falcons. But I mean, no, I I mean, there's plenty the, of teams out there, there that could he, use him. He, he's got talent. He hadn't been able to put it together. I, I I agree with you on that. Hadn't really gotten a fair shake. Yeah, like you said, that first game was a like you said a fucking monsoon um, against the Bears. Justin Fields. Didn't look too good either. Um, I, I kind of feel bad because he's, you know, been hurt and and all that. But 
I, I would be surprised if Trey Lance is on the 49ers next year. I think the the best chance he has at being on the 49ers next year is if the Cowboys beat the Niners. Which, the more uh, the more wins the 49ers get, the harder it's going to be to keep Trey Lance, in my opinion. Because obviously they've got an extremely competitive roster with a quarterback who's doing pretty damn good. He drafted in the last pick of the draft. Yeah, but could also be the offense. Jimmy G's look good. And I just keep thinking in my head, do we really think... Brock Purdy is more talented than Trey Lance, and I reply to myself, "Fuck no, he's God not." God gifted abilities, no. I mean, that Trey Lance, athletic wise, is is enough alone without the arm. But I mean, <clears throat> there's a reason the guy was Mister Irrelevant. I'll just say that God, it's, this I offense is magical for fucking quarterbacks. No, it is, and like you said, Jimmy G looked good too, but. You're also looking look, look, look at the up look, look at the money you'd be saving as well. Yeah, potentially if, if they he, can find a partner for, yeah. which who knows what the asking price will be with it being year three of them moving three first round picks. Who knows what they'll settle for? So I think that'll and, be. The, and they might they might not because their return on investment would be such a bad hit that they might just keep him. Maybe trade away Brock Purdy and get, you know. A second for him. The possibility. That's a hell of a return on investment. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going down the rabbit hole here. Um, it, it could... I, I don't know, man. It, it is a conundrum. It is. It'll That's be very sure. interesting to see. I think the Cowboys get the win this weekend over the 49ers. So I think the Brock Purdy train will stop for this season. You think they get revenge from last year? Yeah. I do. You think though, Michael Parsons will be all over his Even ass. though it's in San Fran? <laughs> the Cowboys' defense is kind of tough. And look what they did to Tom Brady. It is. I mean, it depends on... I mean, of course, with Parsons, he moves all over the fucking place. But if he's going up against Trent Williams half the game, I'm a little less confident. Yeah, so I think I Trent Williams can wear, wear him down. I don't know, man. Michael Parsons put up the Tristan Wirfs. Trent Williams is the best left tackle in the league. I'm not disagreeing with you, but Tristan Wirfs isn't that far behind. Oh, he's far behind. I don't even think he's in my top ten. Really? Really. He's good, but I don't think he's that good yet. I think we're jumping the gun there. Just because he's the new hot name protecting Tom Brady. A new hot name? This is year two. You're telling me year two's not new still? No. Fuck out of here. Trey Lance isn't new. I'd say he was. This was year two for him. But he is new. He's new to starting, yes. Precisely. Well, Trent Williams is easily the best left tackle. Mike Parsons is great, but it'll be a tough battle for him with how big Trent Williams is. I, he can overpower him. As strong as Parsons is, I think Trent Williams will still can put him on his ass from time to time. It ain't always about power. It's not. But you, you know, I mean, they're they're going to be matched up at times. It's, it's it is going to happen. Oh, yeah. But the They'll Cowboys are going to do everything they can to create some type of mismatch. So he'll, I'm sure majority of the time he'll be on the other side of the field. Yeah, opposite. Yeah, for sure. And then you know, put Tate Lawrence on that side or whatever, what have you. But it, I think it'll be a pretty competitive game. I don't know what the spread is. I think it was like three and a half last I looked for the Niners. I mean, when I, I thought when I was looking, it was. More than that, I thought the Niners like crazy favorites. I'm, I'll double check here real quick, but um, what are they? Nope, they're three and a half. 
I think they opened up as like five and a half. They might have. I think it'll be a close game. We'll see what happens with Purdy. Still got the ball hawk Trayvon Diggs out there. Uh, Trayvon Diggs has made a hell of an improvement from last year. I know the stats don't look the same, but there's a reason. For there's that. a reason for that. Mm-hmm. He's actually playing the receiver now, not the quarterback. Yeah, to make a difference on the defense as well. Yes, he's not getting he's not getting burnt yeah. hardly at ever. That's not getting burnt I get every game. Eleven interceptions. I mean, I get that's great, but I'm more impressed with this season than last season. Oh, yeah, to get eleven picks. You know how many times you got to throw with the fucking guy. Right. I mean, he let up over a thousand yards in se- receiving in a season. I think he has the a single season record for most receiving yards without in a season. That wouldn't surprise me at all. He was just he's absolutely terrible. Yeah, he's up there. But should be a good game. Good weekend of football ahead of us. Yeah, because like I said, this will be a pretty big talking point if the 49ers win. What to do with the situation? We had what similar. Similar conversations back when they drafted Trey Lance with saying, oh, Jimmy G took you to the Super Bowl, what, two years prior? And I think they went back to the, no, the, they sucked that year because he got hurt. He got hurt, and they had uh, Nick Mullins. Nick, I think it was Nick Mullins. Bethard. C.J. Bethard. That's what I'm saying. They both yeah. had great games. Nick Mullins put up like 300-plus yards, three or four games. That's what I'm saying. This offense, throw anybody back there. But... We're gonna wrap it up now. Oh, you, you can't you can't leave it at that, man. Yeah, you can't have the last word. I, I mean, trust me, I I get what you're saying, but he's in what one two one two three four five six and seven games starting. He's put up thirteen hundred, almost fourteen hundred yards, thirteen touchdowns, and four picks. I mean, he's he, he's having a hell of a time. I'd say he's not playing well. I just don't think he's a franchise quarterback. I wouldn't go that far yet. I don't think we've seen enough of him. Yeah. And Jimmy G, the, to me, the big thing about Jimmy G and why I feel like a lot of the like 49ers fans and Dynasty community and the coaching staff lost a lot of confidence in him was in the Super Bowl when he was it, he overthrew uh, was it De, not Demarius Thomas um, who's Manuel Sanders mm-hmm. and a wide open touchdown he overthrew him by like four or five yards I feel like that was the the tipping point for Jimmy G. And San Francisco's like, shit, we paid this guy way too much money. Uh-huh. I haven't seen a Brock Birdie play quite fucked up like that. Oh, <laughs> I think will this weekend. I think Brock Purdy is, is better than Jimmy G. Maybe. We'll see what happens. But it should be, like I said, it should be a good game. A really tough matchup for him, so it'll be good for us to see him play a tough defense, a good pass rush. Yeah, this will be a good test. Yeah, so we'll... We'll see what happens. Plus, it it doesn't hurt him. He's got fucking Christian McCaffrey back there helping him out. No. And Mace. Debo's healthy. And Kittle, is he healthy? He is, yep. Ayuk's yeah. out there. Yeah, he's, he's full weapons on display. Just keep playing over in my head. What would Trey Lance be doing with Christian McCaffrey back there? Getting and hurt. a healthy Debo. Getting hurt? Nope. He wouldn't have to run as much because he's got McCaffrey. See? I'm trying to remember. I think all the running backs were healthy when Trey Lance got hurt. It was game two. You mean all the running backs consisting of Elijah Mitchell? And Hasty and... Uh, Hasty was on the team this year, I don't think. He's, he's been Jacksonville all year. Has he? Maybe, maybe not. 
Basically, Hasty's a, a non-factor. I'm trying to remember. I think all the running backs were healthy, though, when he got hurt, to be fair. Possibly. Who, who else? Who else? What are the other running backs in San Francisco? Jeff Wilson was there. I At don't think time, he was healthy. Okay, maybe that's who I'm thinking of, Jeff Wilson. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if he was healthy right away. I know Elijah Mitchell was for like four weeks. Then, got, then he got hurt, yeah. yeah. So, But that's nothing compared to Christian McCaffrey. That guy can take a lot off of you. Yeah, no. He can, he, he can do it all. So, I I can't wait for the game. I've watched Brock Purdy. I watched some of the Seahawks game. I watched too much of them. So this will really be, I played on watching the full game. This will be my first time sitting down, start to finish. Watching him play all game. Really paying attention to him. Yeah, same, same. So it'll be, be something to see. I don't want the kid to fail, but... I love Trey Lance. I also don't want him to succeed. I want him to go out there and do enough to not look like dog shit. I want him to go out there and do enough to make this conundrum still a conundrum. Pretty much. That'll be an interesting talking point from here on out. Whether they win or lose. If they lose, I still think that you never know. Like I said, I think it's going to be a battle of John Lynch versus Kyle Shanahan. Because obviously Lynch... Wanted Lane, supposedly. Shanahan wanted back, which thankfully thankfully for them, they did not get him, I'd say. So we'll see. I'm sure Brock Purdy was a Shanahan pick, much like what with RG3, then you scoop back around to third, take Kirk Cousins. Right. <clears throat> uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I'm personally a Brock Purdy fan. I'm rooting for him. But I think the, the biggest thing that's hurting him is both his own draft capital and Trey Lance's draft capital. Yeah, I mean, whether it's been one year or three years, in Trey Lance's case, it's still, when you're talking about actual NFL front offices, that's still going to matter to John Lynch. Right. Yeah, I gave him three first-round picks for this guy, and we're just going to... Let him go for a second? And we're just going to give him away because this Mr. Irrelevant played good for two months. Right. So it'll be... It'll be something to see, especially for Lynch in that situation. Yeah, like I said, you haven't really seen Trey Lance. He hasn't been given a fair shake just yet. Do you really want to give him away before you see what he truly can do for you? Or do you want to eat that money for at least another season and see? I, I think that they... I mean, I know I said that I'd be surprised if he's on the roster next year, but that was just kind of blowing smoke. I think they probably give him, you know, till trade deadline. If it's not panning out. Probably trade him sometime next year. <clears throat> yeah, that would probably. I mean, they'll, they'll if probably, it was me, that'd probably be ideal. So they'll probably test the markets with both quarterbacks. You know, like I said earlier, if they could get a second for Brock Purdy and turn a seventh into a second in, in a year. And they're already a win down team, so it's not like they need the extra capital that I'm aware of as far as contract and all that stuff. I think they're pretty set for next year. So it's not like they need to make a decision this offseason. Right. But I think that's what Shane Ann's going to push for to get some extra draft capital for next season is to figure it out early. Right. And, of course, the side he's on is probably Brock Purdy. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll revisit this next week depending on the outcome of the game and how we think Brock Purdy looked. This will be a good talking point next week after this game. So we'll go ahead and get out of here for this episode. 
Once again, I was your host, Paul Edgington. You can find us all on Twitter. My Twitter is at Gump7285. Derek's Twitter is D underscore Cook. That's K-O-C-H-9-3. And you can find the podcast at DFT Podcast. You can also find on Instagram at DFT Pod and TikTok at Dynasty Football Talk. So hopefully you guys have a really good weekend. And we see some good football games. And we'll see you again next week. Go Cowboys, go Bengals. Ah, damn it, you're right. The Bengals do play that rematch against the Bills. That'll be something to see. The Bills are five and a half point favorites. We'll talk more about that on the betting podcast. We'll be coming at you shortly. See you guys. See ya. See ya.